When you feel your voice is not being heard, please consider calling the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflections. The show wants to be the vehicle you can use to express your opinion or get your issue out to a larger audience. We're living in a time that we can no longer allow others to speak on our behalf. If you wish to be a guest on the show and discuss on the show what's important to you, call James T. Deshaies at 407-394-9819. Your issue or focus can be placed on the calendar. The show is live seven days a week. We can no longer reside in the shadow of life. It's imperative that we're on top of the issues that impact our lives now and in the future. USI never had it so good. 101.1 Radio, the best R&B and hip-hop music. The Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday. Talk radio with the best host in the biz. Sports Talk Radio every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1. And it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshaies is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshaies. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is James T. Deshaies, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflections, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. As always, I am pleased to be here with you, given the opportunity to talk about the subjects that we need to talk about now and in the future. We're here seven days a week. Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We're here so that your voice can be heard loud and clear without interruption. You know, guys, there's so much for us to talk talk about. And, you know, we're constantly talking about our, our present president and his issues. But I wanted to deviate from that conversation today and just talk about something that we have to talk on a a regular basis uh, because we deserve to put in the ear of our elected officials that we're tired of seeing so many of our citizens being gunned down in public places. Uh, Today in Dallas, uh, we had a shooting in a public municipal place, municipal place, 
And in Wisconsin, they had a shooting in a mall. And, uh, you know, at some point in time, we have to really discuss and accept some laws related to gun violence so that we can reduce the number of United States citizens that die every year from shootings. My thought is, how can we say that we are civilized people when more than 30,000 people die every year from gun violence? That doesn't sound civilized to me. And we require that tags be placed and renewed on cars every one or two two years because we re, we want to know who is driving a certain car at a certain time. And if we require that is is if it's important for us to know how many who is driving a car at a certain time and who is responsible for a car at a certain time, why can't we have that kind of accountability for a weapon? I want to suggest, and I know some people might say that this is uh, just uh, crazy, but I'd like to see every weapon be required to be renewed every one to two years. And that they be that every person who owns a gun is required to pay some kind of tax for that for ownership of that gun. So I'm saying if I own a firearm, I need to pay some kind of tax every year for the firearms I need. And if I want to have ten guns, then I need to be ready to pay for each one of those guns every year. Now I feel like a gun is is just as dangerous as a car. And if I have to pay for my car every year, then I don't see anything wrong with paying for a gun every year. If I want to own two cars, I have to have a tag for both of those cars. If I have to if I want to own three cars, I have to have a tag for those three cars. And those cars impact our roads. And so I don't see any difference in the fact that people's guns impact human life. Either they're being stolen and used uh, by people who steal them, or they're being used by the people themselves. So it is my belief, I'm throwing it out there, that we need to start figuring out how to have, make sure that gun owners are more accountable for their weapons and that we're collecting some kind of tax that helps us to have more gun safety. And you can't say to me that losing 30,000 U.S. citizens a year is not a detriment to our society. So if you own a gun... You need to help pay for the losses that we incur because of the murder rate and the the devastation that guns cause in our country. And I'm tired of people telling me that it's because of the NRA that we cannot put together a movement to create new gun laws. And we need to create gun laws that are really going to make a difference. And I think that if every person who owns a gun had to share his income with us so that we can somehow protect ourselves from their gun ownership, then that would make a difference. So, Cheryl, you know, the majority of us don't own, own guns. And the majority of us are not going to use these guns at the mall, and at the football game, and at concerts. So the majority of us need to now decide what we want to do so that we can protect ourselves from those who do. And I think that comparing a gun uh, to a car is not a stretch. 
Good evening, and how's everyone doing this evening? Um, you know, we do have to do something as far as the um, the guns out here because it's running rapid with the amount of killings, and not only the amount of kill, um, killings that's done intentionally, the amount of accidental killings. Now, I'm not sure how much awareness it would bring to those who are so careless because I think I just read an article of a, and I don't know if it was a two-year-old or a four-year-old who accidentally killed himself um, because a gun was left where he could reach it. And, I mean, I'm not understanding why people are not understanding how important it is to put guns in a secure place. And kids are so smart today. They watch you. They watching TV when you watching TV. They're trying to trying things that they see. And you know, we're losing so many lives because of the guns. Um, I I think I may have read over maybe three different articles as far as um, gun situation just um, earlier today. I can't remember all of them in in detail because I was just um, I just stopped for a second and kind of read over some of the local things that was going on. But, I mean, we do. We have to do something. And as much as we try to educate those with guns, it doesn't seem as though it's getting through to them. Now, we have many people that are very responsible, but then we have so many that are so careless in thinking that they can put a gun down like they put their keys down. And it's not the case. I mean, these children are so quick. And they're always trying to find what they can do. And not only that, we have, you know, even middle age students. We have high school students when they, when we don't know what's going on in their minds and they're trying to get back at somebody and they know that there's a family gun at their disposal where they can get it easily from home, then, you know, we also hear about them stealing the guns from home. You got two different things. You got um, individuals we want to have responsible for having a gun, and then just like you said, to help some of the killing um, of the so many people with guns. If we have to pay certain taxes, or we have to pay, you know, we have to have insurance. We have to have medical insurance. We have to have insurance, um, life insurance. We have to have insurance on our home. You know. Um, I'm not sure what the answer is as far as how it should be worked out in that case because I never thought about it until you just, you know, talked about it just now, James. But um, I'm pretty sure that something logical could be done to help these situations because if somebody is killed with your gun, you have a certain amount of insurance, and this would cover that. I mean, I'm just pulling things off the top of my head. Um, I'm pretty sure others would have, you know, some other ideas or whatever. I'm not sure, and I'm pretty sure that everything has to be weighed out and um, figured out as far as how they would um, do to make it even tougher for um, um, those who um guns, or is it a certain type of gun based upon the amount of money or the amount of tax or whatever it is. I'm I don't know, but um maybe some like yourself have thought about it and maybe even some have kind of figured some things, um and maybe they have, but um I, I do believe that something really does need to be done. Uh D we tax cigarettes. Uh, because of the amount of cost involved in the cancer that they cause and the amount of deaths that they cause, why can't we, across the nation, tax, put a tax on weapons 
that go direct, directly to the state that allow them to figure out ways to reduce gun violence. Why can't we put a tax on ammunition? And all them people who buying all those bullets uh, help us uh, to put away uh, some money uh, to uh, squash uh, the drug violence that are in these states. Why can't we tax all the things that are, are involved with gun violence so that we can then accumulate the money needed to fight against uh, the deaths that are being caused each and every year. I don't see a problem with it. If I'm not buying a, a gun, but when I do buy one, if I was going to be charged two or three extra dollars, I don't see a problem. If I have a gun and I, I'm required to, to uh, get a, a to pay $5 every year uh, to have that gun, I don't see a problem with it. Why can't we start doing something that can help uh, law enforcement fight against the gun violence that in in all 50 states? Uh, good evening, everybody. Um, you know, James, uh, I, I, I wasn't going to bring it up until you said, until you said that you're tired of hearing that the NRA uh, can't be dealt with in this way, and uh, but I, I I'm I'm afraid of the the realization that they are the one that that one would have to deal with. Uh, you know I I think that we don't we as a opposition to to the gun laws and the gun violence. And the multitude of of guns that are available here in this country, I thought that we appreciate the fact that uh, the NRA arm of control is longer than than what we what we think it is. Um, I think that we should consider them like a fraternity that has mega power. In the, in the society that we live in, you know, when it comes down to uh, people, uh, politicians being elected in their town or in their state, uh, I'm under the assumption that the NRA know more about the candidates than we do. Uh, they know about the positioning that they probably would take when it comes down to the gun issue in their particular region. In that. Uh, whether whether they be Democrat or Republican, I'm pretty well sure of the fact that they have ways of contacting these people to see where they stand on gun issues in their area. That being said, uh, if the if the candidate in that particular region that's running for office is opposed to uh, uh, having too many guns or in, in, uh, whether it be uh, handguns, too many handguns or uh, modified guns, then I'm under the assumption that the NRA will make it uh, more comfortable for the, for the candidates to turn their head the other way. Because... Um, Look, all these things that we say that should happen, well, that's common sense. You know, uh, they should. The thing is, the idea has to be so methodical that it has to be taken into account that the NRC is a super player in our society as a whole. Uh, they have they have obtained a stronghold in this society. You know, when you think about how we are expected to uh, renew our taxes every year or every two or three years or whatever it is, uh, the same should apply to a person that owns a gun. So they should be evaluated every three years. So, uh, like you since the last time we made with you, what's going on? Uh, you know, have you had a divorce or uh, uh, 
uh, are, are anybody in your relationship, are they estranged in any kind of way? Or have you had kids? Or are there kids? Have you secondhand smoke? Is there any marijuana use in your house? Those kind of things. Those are common things that there should be. Uh, You know, I own a gun, and let me tell you, I got a house full of kids, <clears throat> and my gun is so far out of reach that I couldn't get to it if I needed it. So, you know, the responsibility of the of the person it has to be has to be challenged, and I think that's where we have to come to the realization that the NRA has more power than what we think they do because nobody wants to challenge them. And that, and I just don't understand why that's the case. But so there has to be more to it. But uh, let me ask, uh, we have a new number, 4857. Uh, could you give me your first name so I can um, ask you a question or let me know if you're just listening today? Um, this is Charlotte. How are you I'm doing, Charlotte? I'm doing okay. well. How are you? I'm doing fine. Okay, we just had another person come on, 0878. Uh, please give us your name. Uh, okay, she disappeared. Well, let me go back to you, Cheryl. We had a we had New York City where a, a mayor wanted to tax soda uh, because he, he felt as though uh, soda was killing a lot of people or creating an environment for a lot of people to become a diabetic. Now, if we were so concerned about the impact of soda on human life, why in the world are we more concerned about the human lives that are being lost every year by way of guns? I don't understand how we can be so afraid of a mosquito uh, that we would put millions of dollars in place to fight against the uh, disease that was coming from Brazil, but yet we don't have any problems with 30,000 people being killed every year and ain't no money being stashed away uh, to, to reduce gun violence. Wow, I didn't realize that um, they did that with soda in um, that area. I, and you're kind of going in and out, but I did hear most of what you said. But, um, yeah, now that's a um, that's telling you that what um, they're telling you what soda would do to you, but I can see in comparison what you're talking about, what we see as far as what weapons would do to you as well. Uh, I'm not sure, and, I'm, and I kind of go along with some of the things that Dee said as well. Well, not some, pretty much most of them. Because, um, you know, when it gets to politics, we get kind of sticky. I wash your hands, you wash my hands, you look out for me, I look out for you. Um, that kind of thing. So you're right. I mean... So why isn't it? And um, But that's where we talk about, um, and I'm not sure if it's Kathy who talks about it all the time, about um, calling our um, local officers and expressing the things that we believe that should be something that should be put on the books, um, seeing what it is that we need to do to be on a local level and to bring it up to a higher level. I mean, we can combat some of those things locally um, because just like you said, from state to state, the laws are different. And um, when one state see another state doing something, then, you know, they may want to implement the same thing um, if it's working, if the men in that, the majority of those who believe that um, because, you know, those who are dealing with guns and um and in comparison to the other things that are taxed 
um, they would say, well, yeah, that's a good idea because although it may not have touched my household, it has touched others, and I'm for that. And just like, um, you know, Dee was saying that his gun is so secure, you know, it might be really hard for him to get to it when he really needs it. And um, we're just not being careful enough. We're just not... um, we're just not being responsible enough. And then we have guns in the hands of those that really don't need to have guns. It should be harder to get the ammunition. There should be an alert when certain ammunition um, is being bought for because now you're looking at more of a weapon than just a handgun. Um, when too much ammunition is bought, that should bring on an alert. Because if you're just keeping it for safety reason, I mean, you ain't about to unload that many bullets. So um, we have to do something. Um, something has to be figured out. And maybe somebody else who may get on or come on may know something that's in their state or another state that may be um, that is implemented um, right now that we might not be aware of. Well, in the state of Florida, if you don't, keep your gun secure so that children don't get to it, then you can be charged uh, with uh, manslaughter related to that weapon. And so if you don't keep your gun out of the reach of children, keep the bullet separated from the weapon uh, so that uh, they don't have both of them once they find one, then you can be charged uh, with some type of manslaughter whoever the owner of that gun is. But um, to go even further, though, D, the sadness is is that our our governments throughout the country uh, just don't seem to be interested in waging the kind of war that is necessary against the NRA. Uh, when people, mothers and fathers, are out there losing their children uh, to people who have who get a hold of these weapons and then put their lives at risk, uh, you know, this is happening each and every year where we're losing more lives uh, as citizens than we are losing in the wars. We have our Army veterans coming back here who survived uh, combat and come back here and lose their lives going out to a nightclub. Uh, there's got to be something done. We cannot keep going in the same direction that we're going in and just ignore the fact that every other country in in existence uh, is having less murders than we are. It just doesn't seem that we're using our common sense at all and we can't be focused on anything. Well, let me, from my understanding, uh, because I try to be uh, in tune with a lot of different issues, um, what's what's happening with this issue with the guns and the uh, the uh, ill effect of uh, us having to be protected by our own government or by our own self? Look, uh, what's happening is that people are playing games with the Constitution. Um, you know, uh, there is now uh, uh, bullets on the market uh, that are for sale to the public that are armor-piercing bullets, uh, gun, uh, gun shops, uh, gun stores want to carry these bullets because they want to claim that the bullets aren't the problem. The people that use the bullets are the problem. Uh, the same goes with this guy that has um, implemented uh, the blueprint to print, to digitally print a plastic gun that will pass through security systems, all right? His argument is that he has a constitutional right to uh, to be a, an inventor, and, and there's no there's no laws against the blueprint that he, that he is, selling, all right? Uh, it ain't the blueprint. It's the people that use the blueprint to print the gun. That's the problem. So they are playing games with the Constitution, 
And then what makes it even worse, the reason that we can't get a footing or any ground on our uh, opposition of these issues is because of the people that are proponents to the Constitution. You know, uh, when when we bring forth our uh, issue to Congress and to uh, if there are some Democrats that, that, that sympathize with our cause or with our opinion, then there are those who get on the radio and say that they're trying to take your guns from you. And that starts an uproar all in itself. So, you know, that's why we that's why we're in this yo-yo situation. There are some that want to play the game that you are trying to take their rights to to uh, to bear arms. But uh, so I have said uh, over a year ago that these thirty thousand deaths that you, that we're witnesses that we are witnessing are only collateral damage because they don't care. They don't care just as long as they can. Uh, utilize the Constitution to make profit and keep the profit margin coming. And if those people are uh, being shot by the wayside, uh, collateral damage. Thank you. You know, it's so amazing to me, uh, Cheryl, that we can get in an uproar about terrorists and the murders that they cause and uh, that we go years without a terrorist killing anybody here in the, in the United States or that the number of people killed by terrorists is so low that it's not even uh, worth talking about, but we're going to talk about it for years if our government does not uh, look strong on terrorism. And we'll spend millions and millions of dollars creating a new department uh, so that well, it can combat terrorism, but yet we don't care anything about the domestic murders that happen every day. Yeah, that's kind of, um, when you, when you look at that, that's kind of, um, really messed up, you know, because all lives matter and the loss of any life should be disturbing to everyone. It doesn't matter if it's your family member or or somebody else's family member. One life lost to um, to a weapon is one too many. And we keep saying the same thing over and over. So yeah, whatever is go- whatever is happening is not working. So we do have to put something else in place and to try to make the numbers definitely go down or not exist at all. And I know we know realistically that we're going to find somebody out there that the mental state and the guns combined is going to um, cause a lot of, um, can cause a lot of damage. But we got to combat each one of those things, the um, the mental state and the guns as well, because we find out that later on that a lot of the ones who have the weapons, you know, either it's anger management, it's um, some kind of bipolar or whatever it is, but dealing with a mental state. So what else? do we need to determine in order for somebody to be able to have access to a gun? You know, I mean, we have to start somewhere. And like I said, I'm pretty sure they may have in other states that we don't know about. Um, And that's good. You know, what you said, James, that they have in the state of Florida. I don't even really know what – now, I used to own a gun um, when I owned um, a store. But um, and that was really to protect me at the store. And um, while I was at the store, somebody robbed my house, and I closed the store, which I wasn't that far from the house, but the house wasn't visible to the store. And I kicked the door open with the gun, and I mean, all I thought was about shoot first, and that was it. <laughs> but um. And I guess is 
I was younger, you know, um, all I was thinking about is how dare you violate my territory. And, you know, today if that happened, if I knew when I walked in that my door was open and all of that, I know now, you know, don't even try to go in to call the police. And later on, I found out that we were in it at the same time. They were just hiding. And, um, but, you know, we have to, that's what I'm saying, you know, we have to be educated and educated early on in life because we have young people that's dealing with these guns and not realizing, you know, the effects of once a life is gone, you cannot get that life back. And not only is their life gone, the people who their relatives are impacted, the person who did the killing, um, their relatives, all the people that surround them. So it's many, many lives that is affected by a fatal shot of a gun. Well, you know, I don't have the percentages with me, but I will make sure I get them um for a later show, but the truth is that people who own guns uh, across the country are more likely to shoot a relative or loved one uh, than they are to shoot a perpetrator. And so we have to remember that the majority of the time people rob your house when you're not home. They're not looking to interact with you uh in your house when they do interact with you in your house normally that's because they have a relationship with you so when you talk about home invasion home invasions are done with people that nobody has a relationship with and so you know it is just sad that we sit around trying to plan for something that's unlikely uh then being responsible for what might be more likely. And there have been such tragic stories of people shooting their own children uh, because they didn't think they were going to be home and they got spooked uh, and that kind of thing. Or they get in an argument and you end up getting shot by your wife or your husband or your girlfriend or boyfriend. And so the... The consequences of owning a gun go a long way, a lot further than you planning or preparing for somebody outside of your house. I tell people all the time, I I would rather have an alarm and a security system that alerts me to the fact that somebody's outside and then I'm I'm able to uh, do something while they're outside than to try to prepare for them once they get inside. And so, again, I don't want to take people's right to own a gun away from them, but I think there's some things we need to do uh, to try to reduce the amount of violence and deaths that are caused every year because of legal gun ownership. You know, we realize that people legally own guns, but we need you need to be getting some kind of uh, money uh, to do with the aftermath that is being caused all across the country. You know, if one or two soldiers get killed in an ambush, we get in an uproar. Uh, that's an outstanding point there, James. Uh you know, uh, I, I remember when Nate was coming on, uh, him being a professional soldier himself, and he would express uh, how the cry, how strenuous the criteria was uh, overseas when you're in actual warfare to make sure that you uh, uh taking all precautionary measures of the target that you're shooting at. And then you have to make sure that you're shooting at that you're shooting to either the womb or the kill. So 
you know, but I, I, I heard you say something earlier about um, making how how we are liable for uh, owning, uh, owning a car. You know, we have to have liability insurance. And I think, like I say, that, uh, you know, if, if we're going to come combat this issue, especially such, uh, against a, such a, a Goliath as the NRA and the conservative movement that's going to put them in there also, uh, we have to be real methodical in our approach, one of which, just like it is when you are on a pit bull, and if if you uh, have your pit bull registered or you have papers on your pit bull, and if you cannot prove that that, that pit bull comes from a non-aggressive bloodline, then they're going to make you liable for any action of that pit bull, same way they should do for the many guns that you own. If you own five guns, you should have insurance on each one of those guns that if someone was to come uh, to a uh, – to, to injury by one of those guns, then that owner should be liable. And, and so, yeah, like you say, uh, they should hit the gun owner where it's uncomfortable, and that's in the pocket. So uh, there, there are ways to get around uh, the responsibility, the responsibility issue. Okay, if uh, if you don't want to lobby against uh, lesser guns in the street, then we're gonna lobby for the fact that we should make these gun owners liable if they own guns. Thank you. And I like what you said because I, when I go to, I went to buy, the last time I went to buy a car, I could not pull off that man's lot until I proved I had insurance on that car uh, because he needed to know that his car he could get a replacement or he was going to get money for that car if it was to to get damaged. And now most of these cars are twenty to thirty to forty thousand dollars. What's the cost of a life? Why shouldn't a person have some kind of uh, gun insurance that he is forced to show when he goes to get a gun to show that he has $100,000 worth of liability insurance for the misuse of any gun that he carries. You know what I'm saying? You know, and if there's, uh, you know, and if he's a good uh, liability risk and nobody's never gotten shot, the uh, liability or the insurance will be low. Uh, but if he is a high risk, just think about the fact how much income the woman lost because her boyfriend was murdered when they were at the, the at the Seven uh, Eleven or whatever store it was, little convenience store. Why shouldn't that lady be able to recoup some of the loss that her family is going to uh, lose as a result of that man owning a weapon? Now he wasn't. Um, he's not. He doesn't have enough money for a lawyer, so now we got to pay for his lawyer. So why in the world he need a gun if he walking around and he he can't even pay for a lawyer? So these are some of the common sense things that if you can have a gun, you ought to have some kind of liability insurance. Cheryl? Makes plenty of sense to me because... Um you're right. We have to have all kind of insurance. We have to have car insurance, life insurance, um, health insurance, rental insurance, um, and I mean, and even in some of the insurance, we have to have separate insurance. We have to have flood insurance. Um, you know, so we got insurance for all of these things. And like you said, why not for um, gun? Because these guns are killing people and leaving the people are using guns to kill others and leaving them in a state where they would not have normally been if it not had been for the person with the gun. So I do I do believe you got something um, there um, as far as having insurance. You're right. I mean, if we get into an accident, um, and just like you said, 
you can't even, um, I know I hadn't drove for um, three years. So I didn't have insurance. Um, and I bought a vehicle, and I had to shop around for insurance because I didn't even have one insurance to transfer to another. So my car that I um, that I signed the papers and everything for had to sit there until I got the insurance for it. And um, you can't—I mean, you can't leave off, you know, um, off the lot just like you said. Um, and we talked about yesterday. You can't um, just pull up at any hospital if you don't have the proper insurance. Um, if something happened or you have damage to your home or anything, you have to, as homeowners, you have to have insurance, you know. So, I mean, why not? You know, I mean, can we have somebody to to say or to answer why not? If, you know, so far everybody is saying that um, it makes plenty of sense. And just to hear um, another opinion of, yeah, we should, and this is what I believe, or why not, and this is what I believe. And I just believe, you know, you you can't even spend your own money uh, in terms of how much money you spend without the government wanting to know why you took out $10,000 out of your own money to spend on something. So why, uh, why can't, when somebody buys a thousand rounds of ammunition or a um, hundred rounds, I don't know how many would be the amount that uh, the police would be interested in why you need it, okay? The police walk around with only 15, uh, uh, 30, maybe they got two or three clips, I don't know, but I know that they don't have no 50 rounds of ammunition, uh, ammunition on them. So when you buy a thousand rounds of ammunition or five hundred rounds of ammunition. Why can't we ask some questions about what 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 it is that you're doing with all those bullets? Why do you need ten guns? What's going on that you need ten guns at your house? Man, that's outstanding, man. Outstanding question. All right. Now look, also, all right, so if you were to make a person buy liability insurance for the guns that he owns, then that man, for instance, as an example, at the one at the at the convenience store that was looking for trouble and shot this woman, uh, primary breadwinner dead, then he would have been he would have been a little bit more deterred from going out looking for trouble, knowing that he was going to be liable for any incident that may occur with that with that handgun. All right. Now, lastly, or uh, uh, another point I want to put on your brain, real good. All right, check this out. Now, weapons, these guns, sometimes they don't kill. Sometimes they maim to where you are incapacitated, which means that your livelihood has been interrupted, all right? Now, you know, sometimes uh, a person may have life insurance, okay? But the life insurance does no good if you are maimed and you're incapacitated, and you're not able to go to work, and your life has been interrupted. A person sometimes might be better off dead, where the pet for the family could be compensated through life insurance. So that's why the gun owner. That's why this idea of holding gun owners liable could at least uh, cover the livelihood of a person whose life been interrupted by the injury of gun violence. And even, um, Cheryl, even the person who allows a weapon to be sold from his home, uh, when you buy a replacement weapon for the weapon you allowed to be stolen from your home, there should be some liability for that. You know, when we have people who are felons who get a weapon, that weapon came from somewhere. And so we just have to... um, work on people recognizing uh, that these guns have to be kept in some place uh, that is secure. And maybe we need to work on technology uh, where your weapon can only be fired by you. Here I got a cell phone uh, that got a code in it, and if they don't know that code, then they can't use my cell phone. 
I, and I can't kill nobody with my cell phone. Uh, so why can't we have technology that recognizes the fingerprint of the owner? And I know they, they, they're working on it, but these are the kinds of things that we need in order to reduce the amount of gun violence that's going on in our society. At some point, people need to be getting rid of the old guns and getting the new quality guns that required and uh, so that they can be safer. These 30,000 uh, lives that we're losing every year has to have some kind of value to them, and we're losing too many to let it keep going on as though it's meaningless, Cheryl. You're right. I mean, you you sold me. I mean, I'm, in, I'm there all the way. Um, and we can keep coming up with different reasons, and like, just like you were saying about the the cell phone, you know, I was just thinking about um, everything else that your body asks you if you want to, um, if you want a warranty on it, you know, if you want to buy extended warranty, you know, I mean, you've got to put some, um, we got to start putting more value on the lives that is being lost and not just um, putting flowers on the grave or or just saying prayers and my thoughts are with you, that's just, it's just not cutting it. I mean, it is too many people, too many lives, too many lives. And, I mean, somebody get angry and here they go off. And I mean, we just, you know, it's just got to be, um, and like I said, I'm with you, with, you know, with the things that you're saying. Now the next thing is, is how do we come about um, doing it? You know, that is something that we need to um, look into on our local um, levels because, you know, we can't get there and think that we're going to get up that high, but we can definitely start with um, our local levels and start asking questions and trying to find out because um, this is something that I don't have no um, – I'm not aware of what the gun specifics are in this area. Or, so that may be something, and I guess without being, you know, a gun owner and not saying it don't affect me, but um, I guess I didn't look into it other than our conversations that we have here um, on the show, you know, about what's going on with the guns and everything. But I think maybe I need to look a close look at what actually is um, what the laws are specifically in my area. Well, Cheryl, what's really important is recognizing that just like Republicans want to have a litmus test for the justices that are placed on the Supreme Court, maybe we need to start having a litmus test for those people who want to be in leadership and what are their ideas about reducing gun violence. Why isn't it important for us to reduce the number of people that die a year in senseless gun violence, but yet you want to have some kind of litmus test for whether or not uh, people want to save lives on the Supreme Court by re- reversing uh, the right to a woman to have abortion? So I'm just saying we cannot continue to go on every year, year after year, as though these people are not dying as though uh, people are not being killed in public schools uh, because of gun violence. At some point, we got to say enough is enough, and we're not going to let this continue without there being some kind of of repercussion uh, for those who want to go in office or those who own guns. There has to be some new laws that are truly meaningful in order for us to do make a difference in the way these things are handled. We're going to take a short break, and we're going to come back and allow everybody to have a final thought. Didn't 
Expectations of the world to take my rightful place among the stars. The woman that does not use the traditional roadmaps to a given place, but create my own destination. I am this woman that maintains her intrinsic beauty in ways not determined by others' thoughts, but by my own sense of uniqueness, my own desire of sexiness and allure. I am this woman designed by my creator to scale the height of the unbounded, allowing my talents to be seen by the masses while inspiring those yet to dream to greatness. I am the mother of the world, deserving the respect of all that walk under the gravity of the earth, igniting the love that exists in all men while being the birthplace of the future. I am this woman. I am this woman that ascends the expectation of the world to take my rightful place among the stars. The woman who does not use the traditional roadmaps to a given place, but creates my own destination. I am this woman that maintains her intrinsic beauty in ways not determined by others' thoughts, but by my own sense of uniqueness, my own desire of sexiness and allure. I am this woman designed by my creator to scale the height of the unbounded, allowing my talents to be seen by the masses while inspiring those to dream. I am the woman of the world, deserving the respect of all that walk under the gravity of the earth, igniting the love that exists in all men while being the birthplace of the future. I am this woman.
This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflection, brought to you seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We're here so your voice can be heard loud and clear without interruption. Please call in at 657-383-0309 so your voice can be heard loud and clear. It is time for us to stand up and be counted and not allow others to speak for us. We have to speak for ourselves. Cheryl, uh, what are your final thoughts for this evening? As usual, great conversation, great topic, um, because it brought awareness um, to myself, and I hope it brought, will bring awareness to a lot of people who hear this, um, that they, too, can see what it is that um, they can do or do their part into making um, our lives much safer. Um, and also, you know, it always seems as though we have so much on our plate, but just some of the little things that when we're sitting down just to look and see what is the loss, um, have a conversation with somebody as well and see what they are aware of in your area. So with that being said, whatever we do, we can always do more. I just want to go on record letting you all know how important it is uh, to me that you call in each day. Uh, It's important to me that those of you who are out there listening, we have to uh, commit ourselves to a dialogue that helps us find some solutions to the problems that we have in America. We can no longer allow other people to have the leadership and power needed uh, to solve problems and they don't decide that our problems are worth spending some time on. We need to reduce the violence in the black community. We need to reduce the violence uh, around the country. And we have to make that be the focus uh, because we cannot continue to let our way of life uh, be the reason why these deaths continue. Uh, again, we're willing to put millions uh, when when mosquito bites were going to deform our children uh, while women were pregnant, but yet we don't find any uh, significance to the fact that so many of our kids are dying in the street. Uh, I look forward to talking to you guys tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Thursday. Uh, Just be prepared and ready to have a great conversation. We need to ask ourselves some serious questions about what direction we want our country to go in. Take care, everybody, and see you tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. I am this woman. Thoughts, Love, and Reflection by James T. Deshay. I am a gladiator. Despite what others choose to see, my life is determined by my selected steps. Regardless of the traps set by those who hate me, I am the master of my lifelong quest. It is my convictions and courage that will decide the success of my personal journey, not the dreamless limitations of those who refuse to see the greatness of my legacy. I walk not in the shadow of those who wish to be unnoticed. I stand tall in a crowded room of those who created their own path through life. I am driven to make noise where others wish to remain silent. I wear the suit of those who slew dragons and ruled kingdoms. I will not give in to the starless skies of those who see me as worthless and without meaning. I am a present-day gladiator, and I will have victory over the kingdom of my birthright. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflection, brought to you seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 
Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Your voice. children and don't let them fall by the side of the road and teach them to love one another that heaven might find a place discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the chumba life is for everybody so go to chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details